All right. So on the mind of a football coach podcast, today we have Coach Livesey. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Man, I was thinking back. It's been 10 years since we since we were on opposite sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the longer you're you're in this, you know, you think back to to games, to to different events and it's a lot of times it just seems like a you know last year maybe two years ago and then you really look at the calendar and it's like oh that was 10 that was 15 years ago Um, time really slips by it does coach you were at holy innocence then now you're you're at mount pisgah if you wouldn't mind just give a little background for the listeners and we'll go from there yeah um so i was at holy innocence for 14 years and was fortunate enough to be able to start that program and um, take it all the way through, you know, uh, varsity football. And, you know, it was one of those things where you had some changes in leadership and the school was going in a different direction. And I just didn't feel like it kind of matched who I was. And, um, so I made the decision to, to look at places to go. And actually I had two daughters that were both in school with me and we were looking for, the younger one, and we visited Mount Pisgah, among several other schools, but um, really felt like this was the place for her. And I remember walking out of the the open house and turning to my wife and saying, you know, I think this is this is it for for our daughter. I said, you know, I I kind of think I would like to work here too, and. Over that time, I had developed a, a friendship with Mike Forrester, who was the head, head coach here at the time. And, you know, I reached out to him and things kind of worked out. So I came over here as an assistant seven years ago and was back in the classroom teaching. And um, and then the course of that first year, um, the athletic director who was here decided to leave, took a head of school job. and you know, never really thought about being an AD, um, but I was encouraged to kind of throw my name in the hat. And so in the spring, I was offered the position as athletic director. And so this is my sixth year being the AD here. Um, Three years ago, Mike was kind of, you know, he Mike was on the back end of his career and So I had been kind of his assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. And so we kind of made a switch where I took over head coach and then he became my defensive coordinator for one year and then he retired. And so all that, I've I've been here total seven years, uh, been the head coach here for the last three. Coach, that's, that's awesome. Your longevity at those places is fantastic. And uh, as somebody who was in Christian education, now in public education, uh, some days I think about, man, it'd be cool to go back into that that realm. It's just a different, I mean, I love what I do here. It's just a different uh, style of education to some degree. You, know, you can pr- talk about Jesus with kids. Uh, you can pray right. with them. And uh, you said you're offensive coordinator, Coach. You were wishbone and spread when I coached against you. What are you now? What are you doing now? Uh, we, we are a spread offense. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, I was a triple option guy, always run first. Um, coming over here was quite a, quite a change for me. Um, 
you know, I did initially try and put in some of the triple option, and there was basically almost a rebellion amongst the uh, the community. So I kind of canned that and really started kind of digging into what they had done here in the past and what I felt comfortable with. So really our offense is, it's got some air raid elements, some zone principles, probably some option principles as well. I guess the biggest thing when I when we were kind of creating the, the offense was thinking about how we could look complex, but actually be really simple. And so a lot of different, well, really not a lot of formation. I think we last year, probably the last two years, we ran maybe four or five total formations, but lots of motions, you know, our running plays, either one of our slot receivers could could get the ball, the running back could get the ball, we could get an empty and have our quarterback run the ball. You know, so from a lineman perspective, I think we ran seven running plays. It oh, just wow. was who could who was carrying the ball. And for the linemen's, you know, their standpoint, it didn't matter. It was it was all just all they needed to listen for was what the play was called. And then the backs, the receivers, all the motion calls and those types of things were directed at them. So, you know, be, being a former lineman, the more line calls you have to make, you know, you're making the kids think more and more and more about when do I call this? What? A, so I, my feeling was how can we be simple but look really complex? I didn't know you played line. What You were O-lineman coach. I love that. Uh, yeah, in high school, I was a left tackle and played defensive end, and then in college was a defensive end. Okay, where did you go to college, Coach? I played at Furman University. Nice. Okay, the Paladins. That's right. That's awesome. I, and where did you where did you go to high school in Georgia? I did. Not I went to yes in Georgia Norcross High School. Norcross. Okay, the Blue Devils. Yep. There you go. That's awesome. Yep. So what's it like being the AD and the head football coach? How does that work for you? Um. Basically, it's uh, two full-time jobs. Um, you know, it's it, at times it can be really difficult. Um, but I think, not to toot my own horn, but I, I do make it a point that I'm the AD and I'm the head football coach. I really try to, you know, there's times where you got to put on your AD hat, and there's times you got to put on your head football coach hat. Um, and I'm I'm very conscious of the perception, you know, that um, well, you're you're the football coach, so of course football is going to get all the you know get everything. And I, I would say I really go out of my way to make sure that's not the case, um, you know. So it's it's one of those things where during the fall it is really tough because. You know, obviously I got practice, I've got games. Um, so I lean on my assistant ADs a lot for Friday nights because I'm coaching in the game, not really managing the game. But then during the week after practice, if there is a late volleyball game or if we were hosting a softball game, I may leave practice as soon as offense is done and go watch some of the softball game or leave practice when we're when I get a chance and come over to the volleyball game. Um, but it, it is, 
I mean, I can I can see how the other fall sports feel like they're getting slighted because I'm not in attendance at all their stuff. So yeah, it, well, you're making time for them during your practice. Well, it it is uh, it makes for long days, um, you know, because then when you get home, you still got to prep for the next day of football because usually during my days, you know, I, I don't really have time to do a practice script and all those things, or at least not the entire time working on football stuff. And I'm sure you as an assistant principal know that as well, that yes. really during the day, you've got to be, in my case, the AD is in your case, the assistant principal. And um, so it, it is challenging. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, so I will share with you that uh, this past Sunday night, uh, I did tell our team that this was this past season was my last season coaching football. I yeah. 28 years straight of of each fall, um, you know, and I I always felt like, you know, I, I guess I always did the old coach speak and said, well, I'll know when it's time uh, to step away and. I think during this season, you know, there's there's always things as a head coach you have to do, right? And it's most of the stuff that people will never see, whether it's inventory in the equipment room, if it is planning out the logistics of when you're going to leave for games or pregame meals, meeting with your team parents, um, all those little pieces, I guess the totality of it I started to realize I didn't have the drive to do that like I'd had in the past. And, you know, you, if you're getting it, if you're coaching for the right reasons, you're doing it because you want to help kids get better, right? You, you're in it for them. Uh, the winning and, and losing is just kind of a byproduct of that. Um, and I guess I've always felt like when I can't, couldn't commit to giving 100% to being all in and doing all those things that it would be time for me to go because I'd be doing a disservice to the kids. And so I really, I wrestled with it. And um, I don't know if it was in September or sometime in early in the season, I, I had a meeting with our head of school. And at that point I told him I, I wasn't sure that I was going to continue after this year and as the season played out and it, and really the how we did this season was not really was not a, a factor in my decision um i just thought it was time and um you know i i've been as i you know as i told the kids i uh you know to steal a luke bryan quote you know find something you love and call it work and you know for 28 years, I've been able to do that, and I just feel like it's time. Now, I didn't use the word retirement because I, I don't know that um, I won't ever go back to coaching. Um, I just felt like I needed a break for right now. Because that, that's such great wisdom, and that's such such great insight that you just know when it's time. That sometimes you just got to feel it out and do it. Well, you know, and it, I guess it was always this kind of vague thing of, well, I'll know. And I, I don't know that, you know, 
I guess it's the same thing when, you know, you talk about getting married, right? Well, I'll just know. And at some point you just gotta, I, I don't know exactly what the future is gonna look like, but for right now, this is what I feel like is the right decision. Mm-hmm. Looking back on those 28 years, what's some advice you give to a younger coach looking to get into into coaching? Uh, to listen and learn. And I think the biggest thing is to find, to figure out who you are as a coach. I think early on in my career, you know, I, I worked for um, probably one of the best coaches in the state of Georgia, Alan Chadwick at Marist. Um, Alan is a, at least, I would think he's met, probably mellowed a little bit at this point. He's still coaching, but, um, you know, Alan was your stereotype, hardcore, scream, yell, you know, that's just how he coached. And he's had great success with it. That's who he is. And as a young coach, you know, you think, well, he's been successful doing that. That's what you need to do. And, you know, over time, I realized that just wasn't who I was. And, I, you know, I think most of the kids that have played for me would say, you know, Coach Lipsy really doesn't yell a whole lot. He's, he seems very low key. Um, but, you know, if, if the situation arose and I needed to get upset, I would get upset. Um, but I think it's really kind of figuring out who you are as a coach and not not trying to be someone else just because they've had success that way. Um, you know, now you still, as we all know, as football coaches, very little is a new invention or, you know, you, you take bits and pieces and you fit it to what works for you. And, um, but I, I think that I also think being exposed to different styles of head coaches, um, different styles of offenses and defenses. You know, I, in my early career, I was a defensive line coach as was my first job. Um, and worked my way to becoming a defensive coordinator. And then when I started the program at Holy Innocence, um, you know, we went through, I guess it was our fourth year and we were running the same system and I just wasn't happy with it. And so I went and, you know, looked at different offenses and put in the spread triple option. And the guy that was our offensive coordinator at the time said, you know, I don't really know this offense. I think you need to probably call plays. And so I switched to offense, never having been an offensive coordinator. And that's what I really have done the rest of my career, you know? So I think starting as a defensive coordinator and then moving to the offense really helped me as a play caller because I felt like, you know, not that I was the greatest defensive coordinator, but I had a sense of what was sound on defense and what I would do. And so it kind of helped me, you know, because as a coordinator, you're always thinking, all right, if I call this, what is their adjustment going to be? How are they going to try and stop this? And so it it helped me in thinking, you know, play two, play three, play four, what to do, what are they going to do to try and take this away? That's so interesting, Coach. That's my same path. I was a defensive coordinator, became okay. a head coach, did defense, then had an offensive coordinator leave right before the season started. So then I started calling offense. I 
and that's what I do now. Right. And, you know, and now I will tell you, one of the things that that is, you know, one of one of the nice things when I started the program at Holy Innocence, there was no preconceived idea of the identity of the football program. So, uh, you know, I kind of could help create that. Um, you know, and we were a triple option team. So it became a very hard nosed physical, you know, type of a identity. You know, here the spread has been in place for a long time. And I don't feel like that we have had that same type of identity. We have been more, you know, put your athletes in space, try and get the ball out quickly. And, you know, we've had success doing that. Um, I think the one thing people hear the word spread and they think, oh, well, you're throwing the ball vertically all the time. Well, two seasons ago, we had a quarterback that threw for over 3000 yards and we rarely threw the ball vertically. You know, if somebody blew a coverage or we were going to take a shot, yes, we would. But a lot of our passing game was, you know, a three to 10 yard pass and let those guys run. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's one of the interesting things. If whatever, you know, 10 years ago, when somebody would ask me about, well, is your offense balanced? And I would say, yeah, we try and do, you know, run pass, try and keep it the same. And, and I remember, you know, I'm not a Mike Leach disciple by any stretch, but one of the things that has always stuck with me was he was asked about balance, you know, because obviously he's going to throw the ball a ton. And his response was, well, I think balance is getting the ball to your best players. You know, are you doing a good job? Is that fairly even? And it kind of stuck with me that, you know, it doesn't matter if I throw it to him, hand it to him, pitch it to him, whatever. If my best guys are getting the ball on a, you know, fairly balanced level, then that's pretty good balance. And so that's that has been always kind of in the back of my mind that, yeah, maybe we don't run it as much, but if I'm throwing a bubble screen or throwing the back out of the back, that's really just toss sweep. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting the ball to my best guys on a regular basis. Yeah, Coach, that's good. Because I remember him talking, <clears throat> you know, about that same thing. As he would keep a chart of how many times mm -hmm. this guy touched the ball. Right. And make sure everybody's touching it, but then your best guy needs it. <laughs> Give it to no, you. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, two years ago, we made it to the final eight. And we had a, a really strong group of seniors and the first game we played, which was in the Corky Kell against Fellowship, which, you know, they they had beaten us, I don't know, four years in a row. And, you know, we ended up beating them. And one of our slot receivers had a phenomenal game. And I think he had 160 yards receiving. He never had that many yards receiving the rest of the season. One of our other receivers ended up going over a thousand yards receiving. And it was just because as teams tried to focus on who are we gonna take away, there was enough flexibility in what we did that, all right, you're gonna take him away, well, we're gonna go to the other guy. Or you're gonna try and take those guys away, we're gonna go to the running back. And so, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were off, what we'd been offensively was, um, 
it, it would be very difficult to take all of those receivers away, you know, and th this is kind of an aside, probably about three years ago, we would always, in our pass pro, we would keep the running back in to try and block, right? Get some type of six man protection. And what we realized, and, and that really one of my, my quarterbacks coach brought it up to me, he's like, why are we doing that? And I said, well, just to get that six man, he goes, you know, the, the reality is they don't do a good job blocking because you're asking a running back to block a defensive end or a defensive tackle most of the time. They don't do a good job. You get frustrated with them. They get frustrated because they're physically mismatched. What if we just swing them out of the backfield? And I wasn't really sure. And then we started doing it. We that that receiver is almost always open. In high school, people just 90% of the time they don't cover the back out of the backfield. And so from an offensive standpoint, it gave us an immediate check down. You know, we, one of our first options was if nobody's covering the back out of the backfield, get them the ball. It becomes toss sweep. Mm -hmm. You know, your linebackers are sitting there, dropping to their zones. Um, the, the corners are out of there. If a linebacker doesn't run with them, throw them the ball. And typically that is a five to 10 yard completion. Um, and, and as soon as they start running the linebacker out with them, you know, whether it's a slant or some type of a underneath route is going to be open. So it really became uh, a big part of our offense on something relatively simple. Hmm. I like that coach is like the wing T waggle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, yeah, now there were times where we would flash fake him the ball and he would help. But generally speaking, most of our pass concepts, the back's coming out of the backfield. And and our quarterback coach would tell the quarterback, if nobody runs with the back, throw him the ball. And that that's really his first read. So as he's dropping, we know the back's flaring to the right. If he doesn't see that linebacker go, we're going to dump him the ball right now. And, you know, again, it's an easy throw. Well, in theory, it's an easy throw. Um, and that guy's going to catch the ball for – you know, five yards, 10 yards. And if he makes a guy miss, it could be a big play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's so simple, but it's so good. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to take credit for it because my assistant coach suggested it, but it, it really became something where it, it took a frustration point away from me. You know, mm -hmm. now there are times where, you know, if they're bringing six, tell the quarterback that you got to beat that guy we've only got five guys blocking. Um, but again, it's a hot route, right? If you're bringing six, it's an automatic hot, um, you know, but it, more times than not, it, it worked out in our favor. So good, coach. What you got going today? You busy schedule today beating the AD? <sighs> well, we, in all honesty, we, we were in interviews uh, two days this week. So really today is kind of catch up today I put on my AD hat so one of the things I do as an athletic director during this season I meet with all of our in-season head coaches at least probably every other week I sit down with them for about 45 minutes there's it's really an unscripted meeting um 
I think it's one of those things where it's really just kind of a check-in. I'd see how they're doing, what's going on with their program. Is there anything that I need to be aware of that's going on? Have, you know, have I heard anything, any rumblings that I want them to be aware of? And it's really just a, a way we can communicate, you know, because during the season, there's so many things going on and I really don't have time to be at every practice. And, and it, with our athletic department, we, I am very fortunate that I have some really great assistants and we kind of split up coverage. So every athletic event that goes on on our campus, we're going to have an AD there. Um, but there's a lot of things that, uh, uh, you know, as you know, that transpire with kids, with parents and so forth, that it's important that we have this two-way communication because, you know, I don't think anybody likes to be blindsided about something that happened and you only hear about it when a parent comes in uh, to, to complain about it. That's good. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. My, my duties here here at the school, man. It's always good to catch up with you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, this is the, I think this is the first time I've been on a podcast, so. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that I'm the first and I will share the link with you so you can listen to it and all right, uh, great. share it with your people and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. All right.